Good morning. Good to see you this morning. So come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Um, Your forgiveness is bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. So the people that sang the psalm that we're going to look at just for a couple minutes this morning, they could not sing that. They could not sing that. They could sing the first couple of uh, words, Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Uh, But they couldn't sing, Forgiveness is bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We're in Psalm 130, just for a couple minutes this morning. Psalm 130 is uh, the sixth of seven what are called penitential psalms. To be penitent is to be sorry or remorseful for your sins. And there are six psalms throughout that are called the penitential psalms, and this is the sixth one in Psalm 130. Psalm 130 is also included in a section of the song, uh, Songs of Ascent, or Psalms of Ascent, where they would, they would walk up the hill to Jerusalem for one of the three uh, main festivals in Judaism, and as they were going up to Jerusalem, they would sing these songs. And back then, they could not sing, Forgiveness is bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But we can sing that today because we're after the cross. We've we've experienced forgiveness in Jesus Christ. It was still hope for them. They were still looking ahead to it. And so in Psalm 130, there's only eight verses. And in just a few minutes, we're going to have a group uh, from all, uh, two people each from the three different groups that went to El Salvador. They're going to come up and they're going to talk about their trip where they went to serve. And then we've got Stephen, Rob, and Boda here, and they're going to come up, and they're going to share some of their ministry of service in St. Louis. Some of you have been to El Salvador. Some of you have been to St. Louis. Any of you been to both locations? Oh, there's one hand. There's two. Any others? Both locations? Three? Okay. A few of you have been to both. When you go, you serve. And we find the word serve here in Psalm 130. And I find it interesting. So the first two verses, out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. Out of the depths. Here's a guy or a man or a woman, a person who is out of the depths of sinfulness, out of the depths of brokenness, they're crying out to God. And as you look at those penitential psalms, uh, beginning in Psalm 6 and uh, six or 8, and then all the way through to Psalm 143, you see people who are calling out to God, God, forgive me, forgive me. They, they own and they know and they experience their brokenness, and they're calling out to God for forgiveness. And my question is, have you ever been there? Right? Where you look in the mirror and you say, dude, you do not meet my expectations, let alone God's expectations. Uh, ma'am, you do not meet my expectations, let alone God's expectations. And God, I'm just crying out to you. I cry out to you what? Cry for mercy. Don't give me what I deserve. Have mercy on me. The guy in the New Testament, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, right? When we recognize our sin, we cry out for mercy. And it's good for us to cry out to the Lord. It's good for us. And let me ask you another question. When was the last time you cried out to the Lord? Well, we don't do that nowadays. 
well, we can. And you can. It's okay. You, you and I, we can cry out to God. We can cry out to God for mercy. Look at verses 3 and 4. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? If you were keeping a record, none of us could stand. Thank you, God, that you're not keeping a record of sins. But with you, with you, there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, and here's the word, serve you. Now, in most of the other translations, you won't see the word serve. It's just said so that we can fear you. But in, resident in that word fear is reverence and awe. And these songs of ascent, as they're going up onto the, the hill, the Jerusalem, to the temple, to worship and serve God, this reverence and awe brings with it this need to serve. This need to come before God and offer sacrifices for them back then. This need for them to come as perhaps living sacrifices to God. The need for us to come as a living sacrifice and to serve God. Because with God, there is forgiveness so that we can with reverence, with fear, with awe, serve you, worship you. So, because of forgiveness, none of you was disqualified who went. You weren't disqualified because of your sin, because it was forgiven by God. God forgives us, and then we serve him. His forgiveness teaches us to fear, revere, and serve the Lord. Verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. That word wait shows up over and over in the Psalms. Waiting on God, waiting on God. And in his word, I put my hope. Now, interesting, back then, they, they didn't have this when this was written. This is back in, this is one of the Psalms, right? They didn't have the prophets yet. They didn't have the Old Testament, let alone the New Testament. What does he mean? In his word, I put my hope. In God, in God's character, in in God I put my hope. In his word, what he says is and what he says happens. And he's the one I put my hope in. They didn't have this physical thing. See, we would hold up a physical thing and say, in his word, I have my hope. Well, that's one step removed from him. In him, in his word, his word to me, I have my hope. My faith is in him, not in a book. <gasps> well, because the book comes from him. And, and why this is trustworthy is not because it's the Bible, but because this Bible, the Bible comes from God. Right? So uh, Jesus said something about it's, it's not the gold that's holy. Um, it, it's the altar itself. It's the altar itself. It's, the, it's what it represents. And so the Bible points us back to the heart and the character of God. And in his word I put my hope. In God I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. I wait for the Lord. Were any of you ever a watchman in the military where you had to stand? Okay. Any others? Any others? All night? Standing watch? Oh, not that many. Not that many. So I was a watchman. 
on my very dangerous college, Bible college campus. And I would have to be up all night watching over and do rounds and guard the campus. What I was waiting for, the morning I was waiting for, was for sleep. Because when 8 o'clock came, after 8 hours of being up all night, the hours you're supposed to sleep, I just wanted sleep. But here he's talking about more than watchmen wait for the morning, there's danger. When the morning comes, the danger subsides, or maybe it goes away altogether. When the morning comes, there's light. More than watchmen wait for the morning, I wait for the Lord. I want God. I want his full mercy. I want his full redemption. I want his full grace. In our waiting, in our waiting we serve, and in his word we find hope. But in the waiting, in the waiting, we serve. So there's this idea that redemption and uh, mercy from God gives us the ability to, in his righteousness, serve others. Verse 7, Israel, people of God, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem his people, Israel, from all their sins. So you can put your name into it. He himself will redeem me from all my sins. So people of God, put your hope in the Lord. So our hope is in the Lord. The Lord's redeeming, unfailing love allows us to put our hope in him. Whenever God calls us to do something big, like Go to El Salvador. Like, get on a team and go down to Bridge of Hope. You guys, you guys are doing something big all the time. Did you know that? It's something big, right? When we go, it's something really big, right? Whenever God calls us to do something big, fear and doubt can almost overwhelm us, right? Almost overwhelm us. But God's mercy and God's full redemption and the righteousness of Christ upon us allows us to go and serve. We are forgiven to serve God. We are forgiven to serve God. Now, today we're going to hear from those who went to El Salvador. We're going to hear from folks in St. Louis. But you know what? You're serving God wherever you are. Wherever you spend the most of your time, which for most of you that's a school or work, that's, where, that's your ministry. That's where you serve God. You put your hope in God you trust in his word, you receive his mercy, you receive his full redemption, and as you wait, serve. Because right now we're fully redeemed, but we're not yet fully transformed. Well, while we're waiting, we're serving. Well, good morning, everyone. As you can see from the video, that the three teams that went down this summer had a wonderful time. We had a blast together. And it was also very meaningful in lots of different ways. From the end of June through about July 22nd, we had, as I said, three teams went down for uh, about nine days each. We had a little bit of an overlap. And uh, we had quite an interesting spread. Those from 11 years old all the way up to 78 years old. And God, God did some wonderful things in our midst there. We connected with the Envision site. That's a Christian Missionary Alliance, part of our larger Alliance family site there in El Salvador. We have an ongoing ministry all year round, especially with youth and after-school program. And as a group, a series of groups, we were able to go down and bless them. 
So I didn't do this first service, but I would like to ask if this year, because actually there was a team that went down before the three teams, a work team of seven guys. If you went to El Salvador, would you just stand in the audience so that we can see all those who went? Do it right, right now, real quick. Wonderful. There you go, ladies. Thanks, you can have a seat. So, uh, as I said, quite a number, and all about 39 people this summer that went down to El Salvador. And this morning, we have six of us who were part of Team 1 and Team 2 and Team 3, and we want to share a little bit, first of all, the kind of things that we did uniquely each week and some things that the Lord revealed to us as a result. So, uh, part of that Team 1 was the Horn family. Of the 12 that were part of Team 1, they made up six of them as a, a large group, and we were so blessed by their family as a whole. So James, why don't you start and just kind of share what uh, we did that first week. Sure. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is James Horn. Uh, we're just, first of all, I guess on behalf of Group 1, I just want to thank the church publicly. Thank you so much for your prayers, your support, and allowing our teams all summer long to be able to go down and experience this to not only help the El Salvadorians, but we were richly blessed in return as well. Um, As far as our ministry parts, um, on our week, we worked with the Envision site. One of their main programs is uh, called La Fuente, working with uh, middle school age youth. Most of the school kids don't go to school past eighth grade or so down there, and so it's really a key ministry to get them uh, to know Jesus and to hopefully keep them away from the gang lifestyle as well. Uh, I got a chance to uh, attend there. They have a, a girls' flag football league, so we attended a game for that. Also a boys um, soccer game as well, kind of interacted with, with the youth uh, during that after-school program a little bit also. Um, another thing that we were really blessed to be able to do is we were able to go to a um, Christian elementary school down there. And as a high school teacher, I thought that was awfully interesting. Uh, it just so happened to be that the day we were down there was part of I think we had about 36 straight hours where the entire town was out of water. All right. You know, and it's, as a teacher, it's kind of funny. We cancel school if there's even a hint of a snowflake. And we had school down there, and there wasn't any water in the entire town. So it's kind of fun. Uh, we got a chance to share uh, testimonies down there, uh, do some music with the kids, little short devotions, and play some games with them as well. So that was really special. As far as our work that we accomplished <clears throat> for the week, we... It was kind of in flux from hour to hour. Uh, We changed our plans a lot, but that was good. It caused us to to grow and stretch a little bit. Uh, We had one team that worked on the Alliance Church, uh, did some remodeling there, a lot of painting, framed up some walls, did some insulation there uh, at the church. Another group worked on the intern house, which is just down the street from the Envision house, uh, doing some painting. They kind of totally re-landscaped the front yard, tore out weeds, reseeded uh, it, planted some trees and shrubs, and just some oddball projects around there as well. Uh, we had some of us working on the Envision main house, doing some, uh, we installed some security cameras, uh, did some rewiring, and tore out old wires, and uh, that was a lot of fun as well. But very, very good time. We appreciate the opportunity to be able to go down there. Thank you. I'm Katie Horn from Group One. Um, Going to El Salvador was a great experience for our family and the group as a whole. 
As a group, we learned to be patient with each other and our schedule for the day. We learned to be grateful for what we would call the most insignificant of things, like warm showers and water at all. Um, another thing that we learned was that we need to give every day to him, and the trip was a great reminder that it's not all about me. Personally, I learned that prayer can't be a one-sided conversation. On the trip, I asked God for a verse to use as the base for devotional that I was going to be giving to the kids in the school. I prayed and then just listened for God. Almost immediately, he gave me a verse. It was evident to me that he was telling me to listen to him. So great. Thanks, James and Katie. And uh, James alluded to the fact that every day was a little different. Team one was initially to work on the project that team two ended up doing. And uh, as we talked about, even before we headed down, um, different cultures, uh, they have the same values, but a lot of times they're in a different order. And so we tend to, as North Americans, put, you know, organization and getting things done as a high priority. And they have that. It's just a little lower on the list. And far more important for them is relationships and those kinds of dynamics. So it was stretching for us all, but uh, God uh, revealed a lot of good things to us as well. So Ryan was part, Ryan and Abby are part of team two. So share a little bit about your perspective on the week. All right. So I want to thank the church for giving us the opportunity to go down there with prayers and financial support. Um, over the past, over the week, you know, it was, it was a good week. It was, uh, hard and, uh, but we grew as a, as a team and, you know, I didn't really, I mean, I knew some of the, um, members of our team going down to start with, but you really got to know them a lot better on a missions trip. And, uh, so what we did over the week is we, we focused more on the community of where La Fuente kids come from. Um, so where they live. And so we try to, we tried to, uh, build a relationship with the community by helping them build a park. And um, so we we went down there, you know, quite a bit and helped, you know, uh, weeding. We painted the, the park, um, the equipment, and uh, sweeped. We did a lot of sweeping of their uh, soccer field thingy. Um, so, yeah. Um, so since Ryan kind of said what we did, I'll tell you what I learned. Um, I definitely, God showed me two big things on this trip, and the first one was that he's in control, and you know, we hear that our whole lives, that God's in control, he's always there, but he really kind of showed it to me, um, just not in the fact that, or, you know, not only in the fact that we had water, unlike Team One (laughs) for part of it, and we had electricity to run the fans, even though, you know, there's not air conditioning and stuff, but... Just in these weird little moments, um, like one, uh, something I always struggle with is I'm a picky eater. It's always been that way. It's gotten better, but I have always been a picky eater, and I don't think it's ever going to change, and I hate it, but that's the way it is. But So obviously going to a different country and trying new food was kind of a big deal for me, and throughout the whole week... I was frustrated by it. I'm like, I shouldn't be worried about this, but I am. And so I was praying about it, and I'm like, God, just don't let me focus on this. Just let me to, you know, not um, be focused on myself, but just on what I'm doing, God. And not only did was I not really hungry the whole week, which I knew was from him, but also uh, 
I remember one time I was praying and I'm like, God, I'm so frustrated by this. I'm, I just, I need my snacks. You know, I need my American snacks. And the next day I asked Paige Lauterbaugh, your sister, if she had any snacks with her because of course I ate all mine in the airport. And <laughs> she actually said that she had goldfish. And I'm like, you have goldfish? That is like almost a specific answer to prayer. I was thinking of goldfish as I was praying. Um, so it was just in the weird little moments like that. And um, the second thing that I learned was that rest is super important and that God can actually um, work in us when we're not doing anything and when we actually take that time to slow down. Um, so my July was supposed to be set up like this. The One of the weeks I was in El Salvador... The next week, I was home, and the, ne- the next week after that, I would be in Haiti with my mom. And uh, so, busy month, but it ended up, halfway through El Salvador, I got an email that um, the Haiti trip was canceled or postponed because there's a lot of civil unrest, and missionary hotels are being burned, and it's just, it, they were telling people, like, don't, don't go there. It's a mess right now. So, of course, I had been anticipating this trip for forever, and I expected to be disappointed, but I wasn't. And I realized, you know, that's, that's honestly a blessing in disguise. I, my heart hurt for the people in Haiti, but I realized, like, I honestly don't think I could do it to go somewhere and deal with struggles and trust God, but still have those struggles and then go home, get used to normal life, and go back to somewhere that had even more struggles, and I didn't know the language, and I, you know, the food is even crazier, and they eat goats, and, you know, and I don't think that I could do that, and so that was definitely just God saying, you know, it's okay, it's okay to rest, you just, it's, you've done good work here, and you just need to go home and think about it for a while, and not, not go straight into somewhere else. So that team, too, also worked really hard, particularly in the community. As Ryan shared, at the end of that week, we had kind of a block party and had several hundred kids that came out and parents, and uh, we had piñatas and a fiesta, and they were throwing firecrackers in the street. And uh, one of the gentlemen came up to me and uh, just shared how meaningful it was to the community that we would come down and not only... Uh, be there to help them rebuild their park, but for us to sweat and be digging in dirt and digging out weeds and painting. And uh, though maybe there was a struggle of the language, the expression of love and care through work and serving uh, really meant a lot to them. It really blessed them and trusting that God will use that in the future to build really strong bridges into that community where the kids come from. So you guys did a great job. So week three, I came with the first team and then stayed all the time. Um, As I said, we had a little bit of overlap. I would take one team to the airport and get them on the plane and run down the hall uh, in the airport where the other team was just getting off. And so as we were dropping team two off, team three was showing up there in the capital city. And Parker and Steve were two of those that were part of uh, team three. So share a little bit, guys, what you saw and experienced that week. So we didn't necessarily have a exact plan for the entire week. It was pretty much just flexible all week. But our main focuses were fixing up the residence house and, like Team 1, working with La Fuente, which the house had a ton of stuff that was wrong with it. I'm not exactly sure everything that was wrong. It was mainly Steve and Jimmy that were taking care of it. 
But as far as La Fuente, we did stuff like uh, we were super involved with the soccer team. We built signs for their big tournament and went out and cheered them, which they won. Uh, and then we had this uh, soccer tournament out on a concrete area, which was just a bad idea. Uh, luckily, we had two nurses, and uh, yeah, there were a lot of injuries. There were eight injuries, and that ranged anywhere from scratches to the knee to bruised up knees to a dislocated elbow. Not elbow. Elbow. It was uh, it was awesome. Uh, also, Tammy got hit in the face with a soccer ball, so that was uh, we lost our nurse after that too. So that was fun. Uh, but yeah, other than that, um, just we we really worked with relationships mainly throughout the week, whether it be with the La Fuente kids, the residents there, uh, some of the staff like the driver and the cook. It was really really big blessing and. Uh, on behalf of my entire team, we thank you for your prayers and your financial support. I was involved mostly with uh, working on the house, but when I did get to see the interaction with the staff and the kids down there, it's amazing to me how I got to see God work through them and the staff and the interns loving on those kids and watching them grow and helping them grow and um, to learn right things and to make good choices instead of bad choices and still be tough with the kids. You know, they didn't let them get away with anything. They, they held them to standards. But then I also got to see our team love upon the whole staff of La Fuente, from the cook to the driver to the interns to the um, residents that are there to help them through and minister to them somewhat. Um, everybody had a little issue or something they wanted to talk about, and you know, they stepped. Our team stepped up where they could and, and did that. And it was amazing to me to see that and, and how much that helped. Um, and then when uh, yeah, we got thrown a curveball with some of our staff, and which is not unusual for something lost for three weeks. So our situation changed a little bit, and it's amazing how um, our team stepped up. Okay, we got a couple of members that had to leave, and now what's going to happen? This, these are the tasks that need to be done to, for this mission to be accomplished, and everybody stepped up. What needs to be done? You know, so the staff at El Fuente said, yep, yeah, this is what we're going to do for translators, and then our staff said, okay, then we can step up and I'll do this and I'll do that and somebody else will do this. And everything got accomplished and everybody just chipped in and did it together. So we loved on them and we loved on each other and it all came through and worked well. And I think everybody came out with just a good feeling of how everything fell together for us. And it's not through what we did, it's through what he did through us. So I think each team, among the, the lessons that they learned, was that realization again that God is in control. Even in the formation of the teams, they were all unique with a widespread of ages. Uh, some families or parts of families, youth, middle-aged, even older. And how each team was uniquely formed for the tasks that were hand, even when they didn't an- unfold as we anticipated them to do. How God how good God was to work in the midst of all those dynamics and uh, bring about good, good in us as a team, as teams, and then as he worked through us to bless those that we were able to engage with 
through the week. And I heard each team share even things like, wow, you know, I, I really didn't even know all the people on my team or know them very well. And yet God has just put together the right people. I guess even team three needed two nurses on it, right? To care for the unique things that you experience as well. And so God is so good, even in the midst of what seems like chaos and disorder and plans changing in the spur of the moment, how wonderful that is. And um, hopefully in, in, the, in the years to come, we want to continue to engage with uh, the ministry there in El Salvador. And so if you've ever thought about joining a trip to minister someplace outside your context, whether it's going down to St. Louis, as we'll hear in just a moment, or going overseas to a place like El Salvador. There's something about when we get out of our context that we're able to see God and his kingdom in a new light and in a new way, and for God's spirit to reveal even new things about us and how he wants to continue to form us into the image of Jesus. So again, thanks, church, so much. We shared it, but we'll say it again. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks for your... uh, financial help to help us as uh, three different teams go down and we are so delighted for what God is doing and he will do in the days ahead. Good morning. It's awesome to be here. Um, It's awesome to uh, participate in what God is doing here. Uh, Just the trip uh, to El Salvador and and just seeing uh, God at work. Uh, and we're, we're privileged to be a part of that. Um, why do we do what we do? Well, it kind of starts with our understanding of what Jesus is asking us to do as individuals. Robin's going to read a passage from Isaiah. And this is, this is a, um, what Jesus read announcing his ministry. So he opens the scroll of Isaiah and he reads the, this. This is why we do what we do. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And so our mission is to create a safe place, meeting today's needs, for better tomorrow, and affirming the image of God in each individual. And so what does it look like to create a safe place? Not everywhere in St. Louis is safe. There, it, I'm sure you've seen uh, uh, stuff on the news about St. Louis. Um, there's a lot of criminal activity. There's a lot of violence, but there's a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of reading problems. There's a lot of... Um, alcoholism and addictions of every form and um, so we need people that are broken I know I need a safe place a place where I can be real a place where I can be heard a place where I have some time to kind of figure out where I'm at and where I'm headed and that's what Bridge of Hope is and so not only do we have a safe place but we're meeting the immediate needs of individuals uh, as you saw in the video, there's showers and washers and dryers. Uh, we have a hangout room. 
you can come in and our door is always open. Literally, it's always open. Uh, we have a second door so that we're not heating and cooling the outside. But um, when they see the door open, they know they can come in. They know they can get a cup of coffee. They know they can have a conversation. Uh, we do an intake where we identify what, what things they're looking for. We begin to connect them with resources. Uh, some of the resources are in our building and things we're able to do immediately. But then there's resources, is housing, um, and, and uh, other immediate needs, uh, maybe paying some bills. Uh, we, we connect them with other resources. So we partnership with community organizations and other churches as well. So we are developing the body of Christ in a full way, not just Bridge of Hope, but uh, Unfailing Love, uh, Bethel Church, uh, Destiny Family Church, uh, different uh, Asbury. Um, and, 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 and then um, we're, we're connecting with other organizations as well. So um, we're, we're able to give a full perspective of, of resources for people. Um, we, we look at the whole person. Uh, some people start with a program and then, and then try to figure out how they can locate the people that have that particular need. What we do is we start with the individual through relationship and we find out what their needs are and then we figure ways that we can meet those needs and come alongside them. So uh, we not only meet the needs, uh, but we are trying to do that in a way that makes a better tomorrow for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so when people come in, they might have that immediate need for a new shirt so they can go to a job interview. Or they might have, you know, I need to take a shower. Maybe they just got out of jail and they need clothes. But then gradually, we try to incorporate them into the ministry, as you saw in the video. Um, people might start washing cups. For coffee, they might start setting tables. They might start. They just kind of, kind of filter into the everyday aspects of ministry. And gradually, we find out that some people have a real, um, I don't know, pension. I don't know for um, working in the garden. They love it. And so those guys, we pick and we say, Hey, would you be interested in being in our job training program? And they're 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 learning real marketable skills, they get a small stipend at first, and whatever they sell from the produce that they grow, they're able to keep 100% of that. So that's one way that we're filtering them into a real job and then gradually even training them so they can become USDA certified, USDA certified organic um, and make a real living wage, $15 an hour, eventually. Um, but some people are coming to us with absolutely zero reading ability. So I don't know if you all know, Um, Just to shine some light on this, in America, um, 70% of all adults who are incarcerated can't read, and 85% of all juveniles that are incarcerated can't read. That's staggering. And that's something that we need to do something about. And that's why we really focus on reading in the education room. Probably 90% of what we do is teach people how to read. And it's breaking down the why of our language Um, A lot of times after second grade, there's no more why, no more explanation of how to figure out a word, right? And so it it keeps you at a perpetually low reading speed and level. And so we try to break it down and get more specific about it. But that's meeting today's need for a better tomorrow so that they can eventually take the GED. They can eventually get into a community college or pursue their goals. 
Um, and then we're celebrating the image of God in every person who walks through the door. And so to keep us focused, to keep us tethered to the word of God, we, we have to recognize who the people are that we're working with. And, and so the image of God is in each individual. Uh, in the beginning, God created, and he said it is good. But then he created man and woman, and he said, let us make them in our image, in our likeness. And so what does that really mean? Um, What it doesn't mean is if I don't believe that's true, it's not true. So when we look at somebody and they could be living the roughest life, we still have to recognize they were created in the image of God and we need to respect and honor that image of God. And so how we treat them is very clear. And Jesus read in the scroll of Isaiah and he said, this has been fulfilled in your midst today. And so we recognize that there's an image in each person that we have to honor. Even if they are doing things that we don't like, um, we have to honor the image of God in them. So as we correct them, we have to do it in a loving way. We have to do it in a way that doesn't exclude them and kick them out. We have to do it in a way that draws them in. Um, And when that happens, when they see that unconditional love, what ends up happening is they begin to change on the inside. And so we'll have people coming in and saying, I don't know what's happening to me, Steve. You, you guys have messed me up. I'm, I'm starting to do things that I never would have done. I'm starting to do things that, that um, are, are like kind, and I don't know where that's coming from, and, and it's like I've been infected with something. And, and so I'll say, well, hey, let's, let's go read Uh, some scripture let's study on that let's look at what the bible says about what's happening inside of you and and i've recognized that so many times we read the bible as the set of rules that tell us what we should do and how we should act but when the holy spirit begins to work inside of you you also read the bible to figure out what on earth is going on and, and, and we recognize that God is working in individuals who no one thought God could ever reach. He's changing their lives. He's growing them. And so we rejoice in that. We celebrate those, those simple things. You take a seed, you put it in the ground, and you bury it. And you're sitting there watching it. It's not growing. It's not growing. It's not growing. And you're like, you know, is, is there something wrong? But actually inside that seed is dying, the roots are beginning to grow, and all of a sudden you see this little sprout pop up. And that's where we're most effective, when we celebrate the smallest of change, because we know that the image of God inside of them has been stimulated, and they're starting to grow. And so those first signs of growth are very significant and we celebrate those and we rejoice in those and as we do that we create a safe environment for them and they begin to grow and then they start to bear fruit and then they start to say look what we've done look who we are as a community and we've seen the change in our community we appreciate you guys coming and visiting us and and the teams that have come you've done some significant things Um, we invite you to come again Uh, we also want to figure out how we can come alongside you in your mission
in the things that you want to accomplish here. Love the garden thing that's going on and, and the, awesome. the, the produce and, and, and you guys giving that to other people. Um, it, it's a fantastic thing. And, and so I'm excited about those things. And I'm learning here, you know, uh, yellow and red, orange thing. I mean, I love the concepts of those. So, so when we come, we're just gleaning. We're picking your brains uh, for all kinds of stuff. So sorry if it hurts, but, you know, I'm going to pick your brains. <laughs> we would also like to invite you to receive our mailing, our emails, um, at least monthly updates. Um, and if you go out these doors on the left there, there's a place for you to sign up. Um, and you can like us on Facebook, Bridge of Hope, St. Louis, and Instagram, and we would love um, to encourage you, if you have 10 extra bucks a month, to donate to Bridge of Hope. We'll put your money to good use, we promise. And we're looking for 500 people to take that step. So while you're sitting here, don't just think, oh, everybody else is doing it. I don't have to. Say, yeah, I got 10 extra bucks. I can do that. All right. Thank you guys for sharing in oh, our ministry. Hey, let me pray for you guys. Absolutely. And, uh, and then John's got a final word. Would you stand with me as we close our service this morning? Let's pray for Steve and Robin. God, we thank you for Steve and Robin and for Bridge of Hope Ministries. Lord, we thank you for the changed lives for what you're doing there. Thank you that our church has been impacted and affected uh, by their ministry, by, by them as people and individuals and friends. Lord, we pray that you would continue to do miracles, to do great things in people's lives, and help us to continue to be a part of that, to be a partner and to support and to be involved in what they're doing. And Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would give Steve and Robin uh, gifts and empowerment and ability to fulfill their ministry and to reach people for the kingdom. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.